Yo, guys, this is the Technology Podcast. Uh, today we have lots. Um, yo, yo, yo. Today's episode, we're going to speak about how lots managed to build three profitable businesses in six months. Dang. Number one, Expo. Number two, Lash. Last Patch. Last Patch. <laughs> and number three, Altar. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. where do you guys want to start? I want to start from like, what got you into coding? Like, just your background, like what, what got you into it all? Like, and why did you so, go into like make those three businesses? What was the cause? Okay, all right, cool. The cause for going into coding was that I got scammed 10k, <laughs> 10 bags. Oh. <laughs> so that forced me well, well to, to learn how to code. But essentially, what happened was that during the development of Expo, um, when I first thought of the idea, me and my co founder, um. We had no code knowledge whatsoever. I think this is probably like first, second year uni or something like that. Um, I was doing an internship at Barclays Bank at the time. So I remember tweeting out, oh, you're looking for a developer. Um, I didn't even know what developer really meant like that, but I just knew that I needed a developer for me to create an app. Bare people start sending me their CVs. I'm seeing SQL, this, that, this, that. I'm like, I don't even understand this CV. From <laughs> then there was one guy from Hungary it's up right now. But anyway, there's one guy from Hungary, he messaged me now saying, oh, um, he likes what I'm going with the app, but he thinks I should change like, a little thing about it. And I really like that myself. I don't like yes men at all. So I like people who are able to like stand their ground and like share their opinions, honest opinions. Um, so yeah, we ended up working with him. I paid him like a bag every month for like 10, 11 months. And I'll never forget April 17th, three days before our launch of April 20th, man just disappears. So for me, I'm not a guy to get bumped. Like I'm from Southeast London, and I'm not, uh, I'm not a waste man. Yeah. <laughs> but so well, one of them was where like we pay him a bag every month, and we had the app on our phone. Like so, it was like we were seeing updates. So I didn't get why he just disappeared. You get it wasn't like I paid him ten bags up front and the man cut because that could never happen to me. You get what I mean? But anyways, um, yeah. So what that happened, I was very upset, man. Like before, I used to think that this whole depression thing was for like pussyos, essentially. Yeah. But then, like, I really felt it serious. Like, I was getting a panic yeah. attack. Because if you deep it, I've used my savings from my job, do you get what I mean, to pay for this. And now now I'm back to square zero. Like, I don't even know where the code is. I don't even know how to push to get... I don't I don't know anything, do you get what I mean? Because then after, that's when I then thought to myself, Rod, that was actually the first mistake I ever made, was that I took no interest in trying to learn how to code or even trying to understand how things work. Because I was more like, you know... You go code over there. When you finish, come back, and then I'll just do the marketing, and that's that's what I thought at first. Um, then for two weeks, I remember I did shower for two weeks, and I was binge watching anime and Netflix for like two weeks at uni. Like I didn't go out, didn't link, no girl, no nothing. Like I was just very upset. Then um, a Gary V video came on, and you know he's very cutthroat and all of that, and he was like, yeah. I can't remember exactly where it was, Gary. but essentially, <laughs> <laughs> but essentially he was just like, ah. Oh, um, basically what I took from it is that me being upset is not going to change the outcome of anything yeah, I mean, it's going to make things the same so I just like you know what I've still got some peas left let me invest in myself so I got on some Udemy course £25 to learn how to code Swift um, did it for about two months three months so I'm quite a quick learner myself and I like the way the woman taught things I don't like being talked at without doing something at the same time yeah. So like she would be like, okay, cool, we're gonna create this, I don't know, this dice game where you can just roll the dice and random numbers get generated. 
And then I was like kind of creating that. Then from that, I was like, okay, cool. How can I apply this to Expo? Like, so for me, I'm not like an expert coder and all that stuff, but um, I definitely know like how backends should work and all that stuff. So that's really helped me um, a lot. Um, and then the next thing was probably grace of God, I would say, was um, I came down, because I was in Leicester University, so I came down to London um, to do so, some sort of social media week thing. And I remember I took coach to Leicester to London, and then I was going to go from London back to Leicester on the same day. Then on my way back, when I dropped off in Leicester, I saw one of my boys from secondary school. Like grind. <laughs> family, was a, family was a crazy ride, man. It's like three hours each way. Um, um, so one of my boys now from secondary school and I was just like yo bro do you know any developers um, and he was just like yeah you know what I met some guy his name's Frank I was like okay cool like any more information like you're just like ah oh, he's black um, met some networking event and his Frank ends with a CK I was like what no surname no nothing he's just like nah bro that's all I got <laughs> then um, I remember that same day I went on LinkedIn and typed in, you know, Frank with a CK. After I saw Blackbird, I was like, okay, cool. Looked at his experiences, like, okay, developer. I was like, okay, cool. This may be the guy. Then I was about to message him in it. So this is a quick throwback. When I when we were working with that old developer, we actually did release like a private beta um, where we had like a couple of people test it out and all that stuff. Then I, so I was messaging Frank, about to message Frank, and then I saw that he actually messaged me already like two months before. He was just like, oh, yeah, I like what you're doing at Expo, but the app is shit. And it just made me laugh, innit? I was just like, rah, like, actually, but I like people who are up front like that. You get what I mean? And then from that, we just clicked. We went on a FaceTime probably for like 10 minutes. He told me what he could do, blah, blah. Within a month, a month and a half, he had equity in the business. And then we launched within two months of him coming on board. So if you deep it, yeah, I had a developer who had like way more experience than him, or who was older. And he took 10 times longer to create an app or create a publisher app than someone who was like a third year student at the University of West London. And even the UI was way better. So mm-hmm. yeah, that was my story to get an expo launched. What is expo? Um, essentially, expo is an app that allows you to securely pay Instagram influencers. So like how the idea came about was... I was an athlete myself, so I used to have loads of brands like messaging me saying, "Keep promote this, promote that." So back when I was in first year, um, it, I was it was lit, man. I was having like free tracksuits every month and all that stuff. Like back in the day, they didn't really need to pay you like how they pay people nowadays. And um, then after a while, I got, I got kind of annoyed and frustrated because Instagram was not optimized for business. Um, like for example, a brand can message me now, and let's say I posted something funny, loads of my friends will message me, and that one message might go all the way to the bottom. And like you are different points of conversations with different brands. So some brand may, just, may have just contacted you. Some brand may have really paid you. Now they ask you to you know, post at a certain time. So just, we just mad communication did, didn't make sense. And then my co-founder actually is the one that proper like, was like the nail in the coffin for me because he came and then he was just like, he does events around um, universities and nationally now. So his events are called Aura. So Tommy, he comes to me saying, oh, um, never talk to me about influencers ever again. And I'm just like, right, like, who hurt you? <laughs> then he was just like, oh, basically, they're difficult to even talk with. Like, if you message them, they're probably not going to respond. And like, the responses are irregular. Like, you get response quickly, you get another one in three months. And they're just crazy. And he was just like, oh, even if when you pay them, you have this anxiety because like, will they post on time? Because what you, what you realize is that because you've paid first, 
you start seeing that they start relaxing with the replies now because they've not got the money, so they're cool. So they may not post at the right time. They may not post at all. And if you try to like out them, they'll just block you. And it's not you can do. You just lost your money. Yeah. So then essentially, we just thought, you know what? Like we didn't know what, what the technical term was at the time, which is an actual escrow. Um, but we're just like, there should be a place where you know you can put the money. The influencer can see the money is there, and they know that once they've done a certain action, that triggers the money to get released to them, and then we just take a commission. Um, but yeah, that's that's and then that's what Expo is really. Hmm. Wow. I, f- I feel like that idea is dope. Paying Thanks, man. Yeah. No, it's, it's definitely needed. It's, it's yeah. definitely needed. Like, what we've actually done is that we're even iterating now. So, with the, we, I specifically wanted to work with smaller brands. Um, and then what we've realized is that I'm very, very feedback driven. Um, so, I talk with the customers a lot. We realized brands don't actually give a damn about which influencer promotes their product as long as the influencer's audience is their customer. They don't care who the influencer is at all. So I did some research myself. So influencer marketing gets you 5X return on your investment um, compared to normal Instagram ads and Facebook ads. So I was just like, then why doesn't everyone just do influencer marketing then? I spoke to them now. They were just like, it's too many human touch points. Like I have to employ someone now, which is like wages now, to now go and like DM bear influences, email bear influences, and you're not even sure you can't even calculate ROI properly and, and all of that stuff is so long. So they'll rather stick with Facebook ads. So essentially what we're building now is an algorithm where essentially Facebook ad software for influencers. So a brand can come to us, go to our software, be like, okay, cool. Okay, I want an influencer who's in beauty. My target audience is like female between the age 16 and 20, 21. Um, and my weekly budget is, I don't know, 200 pounds. So from that, we can now look at the influencers that we have in our pool, which is over like 1,000 influencers in the UK. Um, and then we can be like, okay, cool. We can guarantee you two posts every week um, about your product from influencers. And all you have to do is sit back. You never have to speak to these influencers. They don't have to do anything. So the same as Facebook ad software. So that's what we're moving into right now. Wow. No. Okay, the question I was going to ask is going to be asked offline. Have you been approached by any like anybody from Instagram, anybody like not actual influencers, <laughs> but people that are within Instagram developing the app and or business itself? Yeah, yeah. So funny the the people who run um, the ads section for Instagram have approached yeah. me. So we're in good talks with them at the moment. Um, funny enough, you even asked this. Um, <laughs> two three days ago um because basically they came to me with some kind of offer like a couple of months ago and that was the client um and then two three two three days ago i got an email from instagram's lawyers um saying that basically with our on our app um the title of our app is expo pay instagram influencers that's how it is on the app store right um because yeah so they now came now Copyright. They were like, uh, they want to do like a cease and yeah, desist thing yeah. because if I don't remove the name Instagram, because they have copyright for Instagram, IG, Insta, and Gram. Um, then after I spoke with lawyers now, and they were like, "Fam, but it's bare absolute Instagram in their title. Like, why are they coming for you?" Then yeah. what they realize is essentially Instagram are trying to move into the whole influencer space now because they realize it's peas that they're not chopping from essentially. And they work, but then when you exactly when you when you type in Instagram influencers on the app store, we come up first. So they were burning from that, essentially. So they wanted to cut us out. But what I've done is that I've just responded to them saying, um, 
like obviously I get where they're coming from, um, but you know, the representative has to, has to speak to their client anyway. So I told them to tell their client that we are willing to help them with the whole influencer part because they were really trying to go into it, but they don't really understand how to go into it. But we actually understand how to automate the entire process and all that stuff. So it was just trying to convert a potential lawsuit into like a potential partnership. But you never know where things go in it. Knowledge is power. Kids, kids, anyone that's listening, knowledge is... Once you have something that someone doesn't have, hey... I noticed from your, your, your Twitter profile that you had something maybe not quite similar but not too dissimilar with Apple. Mm-hmm. About... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. So we've had beef for so many <laughs> corporations. So with Apple... What happened essentially was when you submit your, this for the people who listen, when you submit an app into the app store, Apple normally reviews it. Um, so the, your first review for your first app normally takes like two, three days. Um, but then after that, it's normally like 24 hours because now they kind of trust you and they know your app is out there. So they look at your code to make sure there's no backdoors and all that stuff. And it all complies with their guidelines. Um, so we've been like, from launch, when we launched September 4th, from launch, we've been releasing like every two days new version because we just love iterating make sure the bugs are fixed, little new features and, and all that stuff. Um, so they've been like, obviously approving our thing like every two days, like they didn't even take time at all because they know like we're genuine, right? Then we had one influencer, um, her name was Lala Ray, shout out to her. Um, she posted about us on YouTube. Um, then our user base spiked up like ridiculously, like literally like 200% like it was crazy. Um, and it's so funny because like we are all about influencer marketing and so using the influencer worked for us. Um, then all of a sudden we, we wanted to now post a new update for the app all of a sudden the app store was like no that they didn't want to do it they declined it we were just thinking what like we haven't even changed anything major in the app like it was, it was just something like bug fixes and then essentially app store have something like where if someone makes a purchase on your app and they benefit from that purchase within the app you have to pay Apple 30% commission essentially in it so, so what I mean by that for example a game like games now if I pay for like certain coins, I don't know, and then I, I can now use those coins to unlock a new level, let's say. So all these gaming people, they, they will have to pay Apple for 80%. So for, we had to, for seven days, which may not seem long, but when you're trying to iterate and do new versions, like it's annoying, um, we had to explain to Apple what influencer marketing was and tell them that, okay, cool. This is an influencer post. They bought it from our platform, but they benefit from it outside of the platform. Just loads of back and forth and all of that stuff, but we bust case with that one. But just these little things that they just try to finish you over. What did you study? Oh, economics. Um, that was, yeah, so I did economics, did one year at University of Leicester, um, then worked at Barclays, digital manager there, then left university because I didn't, I didn't see the benefit of economics um, okay, at the time. I've got, yeah. I've got some extended questions to ask you. I don't know if. Actually, how long do we have on timer, by the way? Because I'm asking questions. I want to know. You got us. Yeah, you got us. We got time. It's just in case you want to cut them out because there's just things I just want to kind of get in. Do you have anybody on your team that that does like law or like anybody that can actually liaise with. with, with? Okay. Bro, because these people want to chop you. Yeah, for what I'm doing, <laughs> you've got a black face on something that is making tons of profit. You need to stay in the position where you're a representative in it. So, like, I'm a bit hearing this. I'm like, they really will try and take you out because there is a ton of you're tapping into 
a well of money that they have yet to, to get access to. If they don't try, I will pray for you because <laughs> they're, they're trying madness. And then I wanted to, to also ask, not only that, have you like patented or done anything like trademark on any of your, your Yes. So when, when it comes to pan, you can't actually, in the UK, you can't patent technology. Um, okay. Um, like you can, you, can, you can't patent an app essentially like but you can patent certain processes but then like because of how specific those processes are going to be towards your company company then there's, there's no merit in doing so um at all um also when it just comes to it like there is so much like so like everyone always says you know someone could come out and do the same thing um that you guys are doing and what we've found is that a lot of there's a lot of companies doing this kind of stuff right but they their twist on it we did a different twist to other people. So what a lot of people do is that they do this whole thing where the brand comes on board and it's like a job board. The brand posts like a job, then influencers apply to it. That's, that's what everyone's doing, right? But the things that these brands, or these companies don't actually know how the industry works, right? That's why I think me and my co-founder are the best for this. Because I was an influencer. He was his brand himself. So we know both sides of the coin. It's like how it works. So with that, yeah. with how other apps are doing it, it's terrible, terrible user experience because first of all, on the brand side, when I post this job, right, I have no like choice on who applies. So I kind of have to cross my fingers and hope a good influencer applies, right? My only choice comes when my choice only comes with a pool of people that do apply. And if it's not the right people, then what can I do? And if the influencer side of things is another terrible experience because like, okay, 100 people are going to apply to the thing, only one person is going to get it. So now you've just told 99 people to fuck off essentially and that's a terrible experience for them on, on on your app so with this we've given the control to the brand they can actually reach out to the influencer they want to and um, also a lot of these apps what they do is that they scrape data so a lot of these influencers don't even know that they are on these apps at all um so what's what's good for the app about this not us the other competitors is yeah. that they get a lot of data which they can aggregate and show you know nice graphs and all that stuff cool but the key thing is the pricing. Like the first thing everyone always asks the influencer, what are your pricings? What are your pricing? What are your prices? The influencers are tired of always hearing that like all the time. So with us on our app, the prices are there because our influencers have actually signed up. What other apps do, they give like an average. They'll be like, oh, based on these numbers, this person probably charges between 100 and 150 pounds. But the thing with influencer marketing, nothing standardized. Like you can't use numbers to crunch them and get an algorithm to now say this is probably the price they're charging. Because I know someone who's 10K followers now has good engagement and is charging like 800 pounds per post. And I know someone of 80K followers, good engagement and is charging 70 pounds per post. You get what I mean? So there's no standardization. You can't use numbers or use some kind of algorithm to kind of predict that at all. So what we do is that with our influence actually sign up, you get the exact price not some average type of thing. So when you send a request to an influencer, you already know how much you're going to pay already. Um, and the first question isn't, oh, um, how much do you charge type of thing. So you send a request, the influencer sees the request, they choose whether to accept or decline. If they accept, that's only, only when you get charged as a brand and then the money gets hold within Expo. Um, and then once the influencer is now posting the content, both parties have to mark the request as uh, complete. Um, and then the money then gets released to the influencer. So it's, it's that simple that way. So it's like a little change to what other people do, but it makes a big difference for the users. Just for the sake of time, um, I, I just want to move on, Ricky. Um, 
just for the sake of time, I don't want time to run out here while we're, we still have two other projects to talk about. Uh, so one thing <laughs> I care about is all, all time. Um, yeah. For my research, I, is it, does it mean an alternative way to pay? Yeah, exactly, exactly that, yeah. So what can you tell us about all time? Um, how that came about was essentially my mom would just annoy me. That was literally it. Um, it was literally six weeks ago. Uh, my mom gave me a call on a Saturday evening. I was out with my friends, and then she was like, "Oh, Lieutenant, make sure you bring cash for church tomorrow." Like, because I'm 22 myself, and I still get my mom to give me a pound during church to put in the basket and all that stuff in it. But um, yes, yeah, because I, I don't carry. I don't remember the last time I've carried cash like that. And if I did carry cash, it's like 20 pounds and I want to use it for something specific. So I'm not get, giving that during church. Um, so I just asked her, like, isn't there like a digital way to give like at all? And then she was like, oh, Latana, stop with your technology stuff. Just make sure you bring cash. So anyways, I looked on Google. I always tell people Google, Google is the oyster to the world. Um, typed in digital donations in there. Um, digital church donations, sorry. Then I saw a company in America called Pushpay. They're publicly traded. Um, they did four billion last year. So I was thinking, whoa, like that's crazy. So I'll start researching if they did anything else other than church donations, but that's all they did. So I was thinking, wow, okay, I never knew this market was that big. Then I looked at um, another company called Tively. They did 100 million revenue last year. So I was thinking, damn, this is like big business. And they're based in New Zealand, and New Zealand is small. I was yeah. like, wow, this is definitely a big pace to go into. Um, then I was like, okay, why hasn't Pushpay come to the UK then? Because also, is it, is it US company? Why shouldn't they come to the UK? Then I found out that they only do mega churches. So churches are like 5K people minimum type of thing. Um, and that's why they clean it so much because they charge like crazy prices per month. Um, and entirely have tried to come to the UK, but didn't really bang um, just because the way the UK is and the way the laws are when it comes to charities and all that stuff. Um, the way Tively do their thing is that they actually create custom apps for each church, um, which I think is a terrible, terrible idea. Um, but yeah, this didn't work in the UK at all. So I just thought, you know what, let me just create something like that for for the UK. And then I remember I, remember I tweeted it, um, basically ranting. And then the CEO of Bebo now sees my tweet and he replies to it. And he was like, okay, then do it. Then I was just like, damn. And then he DMs me and he's just like, rah, like basically if you um, get started and you launch, I, will, I want to be your first backer of the project. And after I was like, oh crap. So then I made a, a tweet replying to that saying, okay, cool, give me three months. Um, then within like four or five weeks, then we launched. So that was cool. Close mouths, don't get fed. That's Paul's favorite saying. It's true, man. 100% it's so true, man. Um, the fact that you said three months and then in under half of that time yeah. you were like okay we're, we're going to release something that's why I'm actually like amazed that that was cool man it was fun it was fun wow can I okay wait Paul because Paul's muted does Paul want to go anywhere with that question um, sorry Mike is that, is that right one question you got a question one question for me alright no 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 for <laughs> you know, go for it, go for it, go for it. Right. So one thing that I noticed was that um I wouldn't I don't know whether to phrase it as backlash, but for the for those that say that um you shouldn't be making money off of people. Oh uh, yeah. Because I think it's okay. What do you have to say? Yeah. Um I think I think the key like I get where they're coming from um a hundred percent. Um but like the people that said that to me, right? Um I always found it so um funny because 
they never said that to apps like there's other apps out there like just giving there's apps like GoFundMe they all take commission from there um, that's the, my first response but then my second response which kind of nips it in the bud is that we actually help churches get 25% more income um, so what this is actually something called gift aid so the church um, when you give to a charity you can give under gift aid and what the government does they match your donations of 25% more so if you give a pound um, you get 25p or the church gets 25p extra if you're a UK taxpayer what I've found because for me then it was a no-brainer I was like why isn't everyone giving another gift aid then so I went to my local church, asked my pastor, you know, I, th- I told him, okay, cool. What's the process of me giving on the gift aid? He was like, oh yeah, I need to give you this form. You need to go home. You need to fill it out. Then you need to come back. Then I need to copy over to Excel. Then I need to, then you need to give him a donation. Then I need to send off the HMRC. I was just like, damn, that process is so long. And that's why a lot of people don't do um, gift aid, even though they should, like, it harms nothing at all. So, so what we did is that like, now we automate the process for the church. So when you're given, you just tick a box. Um, actually, no, the box is already ticked. You have to untick the box. Um, and then what happens then is that because we already have the information that we need for the gift aid form, we auto-fill and auto-generate the form. And so the churches need to download it and send it to the church. Um, so what that does is that it gives the churches more money um, from the government, first of all. And even with digital donations, if we use data from PushPay, um, they saw that 30, 30% more people gave money because now people have more access, especially for younger people. Um, and people give more because now I don't only really have to give when I'm at church, um, which is like on Sundays type of thing. Now I can give any day. Um, mm-hmm. Then secondly is what our app actually helps do is not just the payments, but also helps people like um, increase their relationship with God and their church. The reason that, how we do that is that we have daily scriptures that we serve to the to the people. Um, not just daily script, not just pulling information from an API and actually showing like a part of the Bible, but also having um, a message on there that helps people um, use that scripture in their daily lives, essentially, which which we think is the key thing here, not just telling people, you know, Genesis, this, da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. Like, forget about that. Um, so those are the two things we do to help the churches. But the key thing is that we increase the income of the church by 25%. Um, so if you then think about, okay, cool, increase the church income by 25%, and then we're taking 2.75% um, commission, it's negligible, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, Marvin, if you don't mind, just because of time, just to say the questions at the end, uh, I just want to go on to the last one, um, Lash Vatch. What can you tell us about that, right? <laughs> what um, business do you... Oh, man, sorry, continue. I saw the... <laughs> um, essentially, was... Um, what happened? So I'm a very numbers guy, right? That's, that's just how I am. So if the numbers make sense, I'll do it. Um, so essentially, I think it was Black Friday. One of my friends gave me a call. She was like, oh, I've just sold like £5,000 worth of lashes. I was like, huh? That's crazy. Like I used to think lashes were like a pound. Me as a guy, I didn't, I didn't know anything about lashes. Then she was, like, huh. <laughs> she was just like, oh, that she sold them for ten pounds a pair. I was thinking, bro, is that the average price normally? She was like, yeah, yeah, for good ones. I was like, okay, interesting. And I was like, okay, cool, that's revenue, but what's profit? Saying she was like, oh, three point six k. I was thinking, whoa, lovely profit margins. Um, then I was like, okay, cool. The last three months, like, tell me your PNL, like, what was going on? Um, she was then she was like, last month I made about two hundred pound. The month before that, I made about one k. I was thinking, why is there so much variation? Um, 
So I did some research online and went on Instagram, told her to tell me the biggest lash companies. There's one called Lily Lashes. There's one called Tati Lashes. They both have like 2 million plus followers on Instagram, but their engagement was terrible. Like they're getting like 1K likes before you have 2.1 million. Like that makes no sense. Then I found out what it was. There's no loyalty in the lashes business at all. Like if another influencer releases another lash brand, a girl feels no way about just getting the new lashes type of thing at all. So, so we sent even in your barber. Exactly, not like that for girls at all. So I just like okay, cool. Let, the key thing is the loyalty here. How can you build loyalty? Okay, by creating a community. How can you easily create a community by creating a subscription service? Because that kind of forces the loyalty to be there. Um, so I just like yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to do a lashes thing, but subscription, and let's just see how that goes. Um, so I just did a number crunching myself. Um, I think we only needed because we did like a photo shoot first. Um, and then the cost of that in total was about seven fifty, um, and then I partnered up with an influencer from Expo actually. So we owned a business fifty fifty. Um, so I just did all the back end, and then she just does all the marketing herself because that's what she does and all that stuff. Um, I think all we needed to get was twenty two girls for us to break even. So I just like okay, that makes sense. Uh, like even if we really get twenty two, that's fine. Um, with us, we can always stop the business if it doesn't go well. Um, but yeah, we did really well. We did like we had like a hundred and something girls um, subscribed to, which was really lit. Um, obviously, the whole Corona thing came about, um, yeah. which was unfortunate. But like, we didn't actually lose any money at all because we don't hold any stock um, at all. So how we actually works is people make their orders from the first to the fourteenth of a month. Um, then we send those orders over to China or to our, uh, our vendors, essentially on the fifteenth, mm-hmm. and then <clears throat> they then deliver to us by the end of the same month. And then we then, on the same day, send out deliveries to people so that everyone gets all their lashes on the first of each month, or between the first and the third of each month. Um, but yeah, that was cool. Uh, we had some troubles with that as well, like Mad Headache, where um, we I had like this design inspiration. At first, like, our package was dead. It was like the normal packaging. Um, then I saw, I think it was on Twitter, it went viral. Some girl did something in like some pill tablets, pink pill tablets, so, yeah. lashes. Yeah, that went viral. And I remember calling calling my business partner and I was just like, yep, my car like, we need to change our thing. Like, it's all about the packaging, man. It's all about the packaging. Um, then we thought this idea of like a, like a small suitcase, like a travel suitcase, but a really small, like a plastic one, but it looks like cute for girls and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, after I remember I posted on Twitter, just asking for feedback. The Twitter video got like 100K views, like it went viral. I was thinking, rah, okay, you definitely need to do that. Next thing you know, Two days later, another company now emerges out of nowhere using my exact video on their Instagram. Because some their people sent it to me, they were like, "What is this guy? Is this you?" The company was called Lashes and Luggage or something, Luggage and Light or something like that. I was thinking, "Huh? That's crazy." So then I spoke to because I was thinking, no one else knows where we got this. Like, because the packaging we custom made it, so it's like, how can someone copy? It? So I was thinking, hmm, this vendor people, you know, these people move mad. Anyway, so I went to go chat to them now. Um, luckily, like, I speak Mandarin. I speak Mandarin myself because I studied that in, in sixth form. So communication is so much easier with them. Um, anyways, ended up finding out that they were the one that was supplying someone else. I was thinking, are you crazy? Um, then they were like, oh, that I should have told them beforehand that I shouldn't share designs. With, uh, I was thinking, like, what kind of rubbish is that? But anyways, we signed a deal with them and where they can't let anyone, they, they can't sell that product to anyone in the UK. So we have exclusivity rights in the UK. Um, but yeah, that was 
that that was crazy, man. That really annoyed me. I can't even lie. But that yeah, was insane. Because I've heard about that kind of issue. What they do is they take the the schematics and designs that you have, and then repurpose it so that whoever comes with a contract and they need something else, yeah. they sell the same thing to them. That's so literally it. Man. It's mad. It's actually it's crazy, mad. Man. It's we crazy, just party New York with um, what's it, Emmanuel Jai? Because we had him on the podcast and he does brand it. Mm. Yeah, man, that would be nice. Yeah, man. I mean, um, so we were talking about the fact that these uh, people that you actually loaned out your designs to went and resold them <laughs> yeah, yeah, to yeah. a secondary, uh, I don't know yeah. what kind of company because that's just disgusting. But and it, you know what's how, so crazy about it is the fact that yeah. that company then DM'd me mm. on Twitter mm. saying, uh, we'll see who's going to win this. They think they. <laughs> and these are fun problems to be having, you know. Like these are good problems. Oh, so so. Lisha, yeah. I remember thinking, oh, I could I could finish them right now in it, but the way Twitter is, like, you just have to move professional sometimes, and like, yeah. they can just screenshot and do some madness in it. So I just, I think I just liked the message or something like that, and just left it. Um, I always thought, and then what started happening is that. Um, on my Snapchat, I'm very open with what's happening in, in my businesses, both ups mm. and down. And then a lot of people start messaging me saying, ah, see, this is evil. Like, when people start talking about this evil eye thing, it really gets me annoyed. Um, they'll be like, ah, oh, this is one evil eye thing. I told you, you shouldn't have been telling people about your businesses before you've done stuff and all that stuff. And I always tell people, like, even if I give you the blueprint to my business, I'm still going to do it better. You get what I mean? Because it's all about execution at the end of the day. Um, yeah. I always knew I was going to win this in the long run because I was building a community of girls on, and empowering the girls. These people were just trying to create like a quick buck type thing. Mm-hmm. So literally within a month of us launching, they were out of business. Like when I searched the handle, it's not available anymore type of thing because like we, everyone knew that we were the people to go with. Like our marketing, our branding, the colors were female friendly. You know what I mean? Like they went with some kind of like neon pink rubbish. And we wear like a pastel cream color, like all these little things add to your branding. And a lot of people don't know about that. But um, yeah, so after months, there were no threat at all. Can you expand a bit more when you said the evil eye thing? Because I, I, I wanted to go somewhere with that. Because when I saw the backlash that people started having when you just did the um, alter app, and I was like, it seems a <laughs> bit interesting to weigh everything up with, with itself. Yeah, yeah. I think the evil eye thing, like, I I feel like a lot of people use that as an excuse not yeah. to tell people what they're going to do because they're scared of failing in front of people. That's 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 the key thing with me. Of course, there are going to be people who are wishing you bad. Like that just happens in life. Do you get what I mean? Like it happens all the time. Um, but don't then use that as an excuse to now not do anything or like do things in silence. You know, people say, oh, I'm going to do my thing in silence and then blah, 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 blah. Like a lot of people are just scared to put their work out there because they think something bad um, could happen. But if you've really patterned execution, trust me, nothing can stop you. Not that it's going to be successful, because if you deep it, if it's not successful, it's your fault at the end of the day. You get what I mean? You can't be blaming. Like, for example, if that other brand, the Lashes and Luggages, were more popular than me, it's my fault because I didn't bang execution properly. I didn't do branding properly. I didn't do complex stuff properly. And I have to take that on, on myself. I can't be like, oh, it's because of evil eye. Oh, that means next time I'm not going to show people my work before I've launched type of thing. That's terrible. Yeah. 
I find it interesting because hold on, wait, guys, before you know how I go and I start talking too much. Time is you guys, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm no, okay, so what I'm looking at is because I always find it interesting to have these discussions. Is it I don't normally see and educate me right now if I'm very much wrong because I'm one of those people where I think that what you're doing is brilliant. I think when we do actually showcase what we are capable of, it's a good thing. But I don't normally see other cultures promote what they're doing as much as we do. And I'm wondering why. Why is that the case? Because mm-hmm. is is it is it that everybody else does see it? Like, do you see um, like CEOs of different companies and or um, like, let's say the stereotypical white male go make a company and then promote it the same way we do. What's the difference? And does anybody else see that they do that the same way? Um, okay, cool. I think a way is just that it depends on the stage of the company, right? Um, a lot of companies, like you still, okay, I think there's two ways of answering this question. First of all, when it comes, comes to people like just starting off businesses, they do yeah. in their own cultures. Like this, I always tell people like when you're on Twitter, you're in a silo, um, you're in that black Twitter. So all you really see is a lot of black content, right? And maybe the one-off white content, but there's all there's a whole different sphere of white work where other people mm. do actually, or white people do actually tell their ideas and all that stuff. Um, the thing about telling people your ideas is that you tell them all about it, but you don't tell them like the secret source to it, for example. So there's a lot of people out there, like even like the Gary Vee out there, he tells, talks about his business all the time, but he never tells the secret source. No one really knows how much bread he's making. No one really knows what the P&L is, but he does a lot of branding stuff all around it. And that's what gets him, like, um, him being popular and, and all that stuff. And on a bigger level, of course, the bigger you get, the less you can actually tell because that there's actually these big conglomerates that are after you and they can actually create things that can... Barrier to entry is much lower when you go out there because there's big people mm. out there. But there's still companies out there that share bare stuff. Um, there's a company, there's an app called um, Buffer, where they do that. They like yeah. you schedule your social media posts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that founder, Joel, um, he is absolutely open to everything, like even employee wages and everything. Like if you literally go on his Twitter, like he's my inspiration when it comes to being open. Uh, he's open of like employee wages, how much each employee bring in for the company. Um, I think his company is about 80 assigned people and they do about 20 million a year I think, or 25 million they reached last year or something like that. Um, and he's just absolutely open of it. And you have to think to yourself, what does he lose from that compared to what he gains? Like, if you're really open with people, a lot of people come towards you. They want to use your products because they think you're being like honest. You're not hiding anything, right? Yeah. Um, the negative to that is that someone could try and copy you, but when you've got to a certain extent with your, with your system and your algorithm, it would take someone to dedicate three years of their lives or their life, sorry, to actually come and be a competitor to you. And who's really going to do that? Mm. my next question is just based on mindset like why you are the way you are do you did you have any role models growing up what was it were you um (laughs) um, i think in terms of role models like i would say i have two obviously there's always like the bumsy right she's always been motivating me always telling me you know like always still be careful fam for real always be careful but you know try out different things like and she always told me, she remember she told me something before I went to uni where she was just like, um, surround yourself with people that you know that are better than you so that you can learn. 
Um, because what a lot of people do is that they purposely surround themselves with people they know that are not better than them to make to fill their ego. But then from that, they just digress from that. Like, um, but I just find that a lot of people who are doing great things and just kind of learning from them. And also they learn from me and vice versa. And apart from that, it was more like um, Elon Musk, I'd say it's one of my um, biggest inspirations because he just does stuff, you get what I mean? Like, and he, he actually cares for the planet and the well-being of people and all that stuff. And I'm coming to care about that too. But like business-wise, I just loved making money, man, at the end of the day. I remember when I was like 13, 14, like I used to type into Google how to make money as a 13-year-old. They'll be saying, oh, mow the lawn. I'm like, fam, there's no lawns in Southeast London. Like I'm in the States. Yeah, I mean, um, but yeah, that was it for me. Like for me, it was just more, Mumsy was pushing me. And I just like the, the thing of bringing people value and making money from it, which was, which was quite cool. Like I've had so many business ventures before this. Like um, I always tell people about all the failings and the ones that have done well, and the ones that I would go to again, but maybe tackle it differently and all that stuff. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Do you have like a mentor or anything like that? Like a natural direct mentor? Um, not really, but I, there's this group that I'm part of. It's called 10x10. Um, yeah. I got invited into it. Um, they're pretty, pretty lit. Like I feel like from there, things start changing for me. It's like a group of 100, 100 or so uh, black founders. And they're just really, really motivational, man. Okay. Oh, your mindset is actually built solidly. <laughs> Mom's really sort the right way. <laughs> she's trying, man. She's trying, man. Wow. So, like, for your, your uni experience, what was the leading up where you're like, okay, cool, I'm going to branch from just being someone that is an influencer in his own right to now actually, like, it's not just that you had the um, period where everything was like difficulty to make money or you knew it was coming in, but what, what was the triggering point where you're like, okay, you know what? Let's go further with this. I know my economics. I'm actually going to apply it and just try and go as far with it as you can. Because it seems like you've got like an awakening with understanding business and actually making business acumen. Yeah. Um, I would say, firstly, the reason for me leaving Barclays was two things. So when I first started off, I started, it was, it was like a, I think they call it an essential banker. So the people who were like the, the iPads in the banking hall and that stuff. Yeah. Um, then I remember, and after I remember they put me on the tilt and I absolutely hated it. Um, I remember speaking to my manager and I'm very like, I don't care what position you are in the company. Like I would give you respect to give my respect. That's how it should be. But mm -hmm. I found that a lot of people were kind of scared of the manager. They didn't want to, like I see people in 30 years in the same role. Like that can never be me. Um, so I went to the manager. I was just like, I can't lie. This tool thing is not for me at all. Like for me, I love things that are digital and just give me a chance of digital. Essentially it's going to just increase digital for the, for the branch or digital adoption. Um, then she just she was just like okay cool I never was ever asked for anything so she was like okay cool like give me that in the next three weeks show me some results and we can see what we can do mm -hmm. so essentially it was I had to then uh, increase digital adoption so that means helping the customers who are coming in to do certain processes on their phone or on their iPads or their laptop um, then it kind of put me across different branches of Leicester but it got so mad that they actually told me to stop because they started closing down loads of branches because people weren't coming in anymore because they realized that like, I should just do this on my phone. Um, so they actually told me to stop, do, <laughs> to stop doing that because it was getting a bit too crazy. Then after, this is another God's grace thing I would say. This is so mad. I'll never forget. It was um, on the 2nd of January, 2019. Um, I remember I just came from a shower um, at home 
And then I was looking for my phone after, like, I think I sat on it after I was like, cool, pulled it out now. And there was literally an article, I still have that, I saved it. It said, um, Barclays Juniors keep leaving to become entrepreneurs. Like, fam, like, literally, I was just like, huh? Like, I never searched for that. Like, there's no way I'm on this article. Yeah. And then that same day, I just quit. <laughs> and then, <laughs> I just like, like, there's no bigger sign there. Like, I feel like I have a very special relationship with God and my religion. Yeah. The reason is, like, I'm not a normal, you know, um, kneel down, pray, and all that stuff. Like, for me, I chat to God, like, in my brethren. Like, I'd be like, yo, like, what happened there? I won't do it again or like whatever, like praise him for, for what he's done to me and all that stuff. But I don't do it the normal way type of thing. So yeah. when I saw that, I was just like, wait, huh? Is this like a sign type of thing? Because I, I was really thinking to leave already, but I didn't know when to. Then when I just saw that, I was just like, I'm like, okay, cool. And then that same day, I remember I left Barclays. Um, and then they had to start to continue working on Expo and then, Things like that. There, like, like we got investment as well from Expo from Barclays, which was cool. But um, yeah. But, yeah. Right, based on that, based on that backstory, what do you have to say about like for those that are younger and not younger than you um, about just ownership? Uh, just do it. Mm, I think um, a lot of people are currently probably in jobs right now, and I get asked questions like, uh, "When is the right time to make the leap?" Right, and I always see a lot of like white people who are well off who be like oh you just know like you know it in your gut and all that stuff um but for me i'm very calculative so i'm just like okay cool how much am i earning because before i made that jump i was actually i already switched to part-time already um but yeah i always tell people okay cool how much do you need to just live like just to pay your bills and dish you they call it like uh, they call it ramen profitability but it's like just to live essentially no extra stuff no going out none of that um then i found out i think i only needed like 800 pounds or something like that to live per month because I was in uni, things were very cheap, all that stuff. And my mum was still giving me care patches of shit and all that stuff. So I didn't even yeah. need to cook like that. So things were calm. So then I was like, okay, cool. That means I can actually go part-time and be earning about 800, 900 pounds a month. So I was like, okay, cool. Now I have more time to work on this, my idea. Then you need to think, okay, cool. Is my idea something that can give me profit or money immediately or is it more of a long-term thing? If it's something I can give it immediately, then you know having that free time is really valuable because you can now create that income and hopefully get to that 800 mark or that, you know, the minimum that you need so that you can actually leave your job. Um, but just about, just about literally freeing up, freeing up more time for yourself to work on your project. That's what I would say. What's your relationship with money now that you've started these businesses? Because you do economics, I'm wondering how you actually see it now. Yeah, it's very, um, it's like, before I used to be like, yeah, money is a thing, yeah, I need to get money, but now, like, some of it is there, it's just like, I hate seeing money in my bank account now, like, because I'm just like, I need to see it working, yeah, I mean, they're like, yeah, it's not, it's not like I'm going to just give it out for free, right? Yeah. <laughs> but just like, like, I like to, like, I want to see it working, I wanted to see it doing something, so a lot of people come to me with business ideas, and I'm just like, okay, cool. I don't mind putting money towards it and let's just try something. Like if the numbers make sense to me, I'm just like, bro, anything I will do to get, um, like even there's something I'm going to start probably in the next two weeks, which is like complete opposite to the church thing. So I might even keep that one on the lower really, or I may have someone else heading up for me. But essentially there was an app called Wattpad back when I was in secondary school. And then there was a story called Keisha the Skip. 
And everyone, like girls used to love reading that. It was like the Fifty Shades of Grey for ends at the time. Yeah. Um, then recently, I went on, I think I found what pen. I'm just like, oh, okay, cool. Like, are people still writing this kind of content? I'm seeing people that are writing, like this is for free, by the way. And they get like 80K reads, complete reads on their story. I'm thinking, wow, and people still read this. Like, I never even knew. So I was just like, okay, cool. Could I like package this differently, essentially? So what I did, I found a really popular writer on Wattpad, messaged them, all of that stuff. And I was like, a, it was a black girl from ENDS. Um, it's like, okay, cool. What if I was to pay you to write like a 12-part story for me? Um, um, and, and that's it, essentially, like a 12-part, like that kind of story that you normally write anyways um, for me. And then she's like, okay, cool. Like she's never been paid to do anything. So she's like, cool, whatever. Um, paid a, a £250 to write a 12-part story. After I was like, okay, cool. But what I can actually do is I can actually sell this per chapter kind of thing where girls sign up to this something. I don't know what I'm going to call it. Um, they pay like £2.99 a month. Um, and every week they get a new chapter of the same story. So that, that will last three months, right? Um, and it kind of builds this community, this club, like a book club, essentially, mm-hmm. um, for girls. Um, and I wanted this to be specifically for black women. Um, so it's like erotic stories for black women, essentially. Um, and then, yes, yeah, so I then when I did the maths, I was like, okay, cool, £2.99. After all the processing fees are taken out, I'm probably taking home £2.50 per person. £250, which is what I paid, uh, divided by two. £2.50 was 100 So I was like, okay, cool. I need to get 100 payments of £2.50. This story is going to last for three months. So 100 divided by three is about 33. So that means I need to get 33 girls signed up for three months for me to break even on this. I was like, that's a no-brainer. That's not hard to get 20 to 33 girls to do so. So then I just start thinking about marketing channels and how can I, okay, there's a lot of black girl uh, groups or empowerment groups and stuff like that. Um, there's even advertising on like Pornhub and all that. Like, there's there's bare avenues you can go into. Like I've just been researching, but when when I see the like the first thing I always you guys probably realize that I always calculate the break even point. Yeah, and if that's something that, is, that wow, this guy's yeah already thinking ahead. <laughs> yeah, because the things that once you've calculated that, then you feel way more comfortable doing what you do. Then you have a clear goal to mm-hmm. do what you want to do. Um, and I actually got that from the founder of um, Design My Night. I mean, his name is Nick something. I can't remember his name. But Design My Night is essentially an event bright, essentially. And then he actually planned his way to selling his company. So essentially what it was, I think, was um, companies normally get sold for like, I think, three three x their revenue or something like that. So if you're making 100K revenue or like a mil revenue, let's say, someone will probably come and try to buy you for like three million. That's about the price, right? So he was like, okay, cool. He didn't say the actual numbers, but he was just like, okay, cool. If I want to get sold for, let's say, 10 mil, um, okay, then let's use easy numbers. Let's say 3 mil. I want to get sold for 3 mil. They did the maths backwards, right? Cool. They normally buy for 3x. So that means I need to make 1x revenue. All right, cool. I'm having people pay me, I don't know, certain, certain a year or certain, certain amount. Now I'll divide that. How many customers do I need to get to that 1 mil revenue? Okay, now let's say I need like, 1,000 companies to get to that 1 mil revenue. 1,000 companies pay me 1,000 a year. Cool. Now I know I need to have 1,000 people. Now how do I attack and get those 1,000 people? Now you can even tell your employees to be like, our goal here is to get to 1,000 companies on here. So do whatever you have to do. This is the marketing channels. So once you have the numbers can never lie to you. Do you know what I mean? So once you have those numbers there and you work backwards towards your goal, Mm. It's, a, it's literally a no-brainer man like I, I feel like a lot of people because a lot of people come to me with ideas and after I'm like okay cool what's your revenue model 
and they start waffling. And I'm just like, do you think money grows from trees or like, like mm. how do you think you're going to make money? A lot of people don't think about that um, at all. And I don't also think about this. Another thing that I think I maybe got on a tangent is that people are so scared to have one specific audience. They feel like they need to like apply for like, this, this is an idea that, that I get from everyone. Like most black people that come to me, it's always like, oh, I want to create an app where people can come to get their bar, um, book barbers or people to do nails or girls can do their hair and all that stuff. And we're like, okay, cool. Great idea. Cool. But just stick to one thing. They're like, oh, no, but I want to have, you know, everyone, I don't want to limit it and all that stuff. But the thing is that different users need different things. So, for example, girls, right, when they want to do their hair, a girl can travel to Kent from London to get their hair done. Do you get what I mean? If it's someone that they know is sight and pattern. For me, and there's no way on hell I'm going to Kent to get my barber. Like, if my local barber isn't done, then there's no like the closest one who's like really good type of thing. So, we've get, so what you can take from that is priority. Location is not priority for girls. Location is more priority for guys, right? So therefore, how your app is going to look has to be assigned to which user. So if location is a high priority to someone, your app needs to be like Uber. When you first open it, you see like the map kind of thing and then you see where people are. But if location isn't a priority, then why is it like that type of thing? Then it comes to colors. If boys and girls are both using the same app, you need to use colors that are not too feminine and not too masculine. And there's just so many different things that people don't realize. This and is then, UX design. And it comes with programming, I guess, as well. But, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is that, another thing is that I spoke to, there was a girl in Leicester, she did hair. And I've, I've never seen a hair flyer that looked good on Snapchat. And when people put it out, it was always, they always put too many things on there, bare small writing. I, I know what you mean. Found the, one dead logo thing. Yeah, you, you can see the, the white box behind the... <laughs> Literally, and I was just like... So she was telling me that she wasn't really getting clients like that, like that she thought that she would. Um, so I asked her, okay, cool, like, what are you actually good at, though? Like, what is your bread and butter? She was like, doing braids. And then she was like, I was like, okay, cool, then just do braids only. And she was like, nah, but what if girls want to do other things? Like, and obviously, braids is really cheap, so I'm not really able to make a lot of money. After I was like, okay, cool. If someone came to me and was like, ah, oh, I want to get my hair done. Um, do you know anyone? I, I'll name a hundred names and then your name will be the hundred and first. You get what I mean? Because you don't specialize in anything, you just do hair. But if a girl said, oh, I needed someone who could do braids, like blah, 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 I'll name you first. You get what I mean? Because you're the specialist in that area. And when you become specialist, people come to you, hire loyalty, and you can increase prices. You get what I mean? Now she's okay. killing the game. Now she's killing the game with braids. You get what I mean? Like braids that she used to charge like 20, 30 pounds to do. Now she's charging like 90, 100, 100 plus for it. And people yeah, are having yeah, it because she's a specialist. You know what I mean? So even yeah. girls that do this, um, wigs, not wigs, what's it called again? I don't know. Weave or whatnot. Let we know. <laughs> Weave or whatnot. I'm just like, okay, why can't someone specialize in bobs, like the short length ones, and then someone yeah. specialize in the long, long ones? You get know what I mean? Because if a girl wants to look fleek on her birthday and she wants that 30 inch, 28 inch, they kind of come to you because they know you're the specialist with long legs. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. But not someone that's doing jack of all trades. You know what I mean? Master so, yeah. none. <laughs> Fam, that is, that is, boy. Thing was that, have you thought about having like your, like creating a community around you? Like, let's say, like basically your teachings. Like, do you want to, mm. 
because basically what I'm thinking about long term for you is that do you want to like create a community of people that that like that that you teach? Do you get? Have you ever thought? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because what well, I'm 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 listening to you. I'm like this guy's dropping mad like gems. You know, even it, like people don't think like this. Like the way you're just calculating because. With all the mass that you're calculating, it's like you said, it's motivating. Like even me, and I'm sure, mm. like all of us here, we're like, oh, okay. learning. This is yeah, we're learning now. We're like, I'm thinking differently about if let's say I want to start a business now. You know, I'm, okay, mm-hmm. the revenue module. Okay, cool. Yeah, I definitely need that place. Like you, like you said, you can come up with a good idea, but if it's not if it's not bringing in, if you don't have that in place, the revenue module then is doing nothing. So I'm well, my question for you: Have you thought about like, you know, creating like a like a community around yourself where you teach people. Um, like, I think definitely. Well, for me personally, I would tap in. But yeah, I don't know if you thought. Yeah, I, I think I first started thinking about that when I did like a a talk for someone. Um, essentially, yeah. I think one person was a brand on Expo, and they had like a bad experience in terms of the influence they did. That, uh, promote the stuff um, but they still got their money back um, and all that stuff so they were really really happy with that and then I was kind of like kind of helped back I was just like oh I saw, saw that they were doing an event I was like okay cool I'll come speak at your event for free um, just as like an apology type of thing because of bad experience stuff like that anyways then then I was there then someone came to me they were like right I only came to this because I knew you were coming here I was thinking right okay like, I don't see myself highly at all in it I don't so I, I don't put myself on a pedestal to be like a teacher or stuff like that. But I think, yeah, definitely building a community around me where we can all learn from each other because there's all, there's, I'm still learning. I still learn every day from people. Mm-hmm. There's little things that people say that they may not realize it's like nuggets like that could really help me and vice versa. You know what I mean? So I'm guessing a community, not where I'm the lead of the community type of thing, yeah. but a community of people who are have their own special um, industries that they're in um, I think definitely that thing is definitely needed because even nowadays I, I'm getting men them who are younger than me who like are come telling me oh bro this F game doesn't make sense no more like all this shotting it don't make sense no more because literally I, I did the number crunching for sure and literally on my snap and I got hella people blocking me bare death threats <laughs> it was jokes because I was like okay cool like a lot of these men they'll say they'll flip a queue to this to the, uh, then okay cool but that's revenue that's not profit like your profit now Sign like let's say a hundred pound prof, let's say, but how much how much time have you spent on the streets shutting that? Do you get what I mean? Now we input the hours into that. So essentially I did the maths, yeah. showed everyone it, and essentially they're only like three pounds sixteen an hour. So I just like then what's the point? You get what I mean? Go work at McDonald's or something. Like, it's, it's the same thing. <laughs> so like I, 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 I did all the maths in it. And you haven't, you haven't even calculated that like losing losing your your time essentially of going jail the risks and all that stuff mm-hmm. but I didn't even put that into that I was just like let's just do the cool maths into this and then people were burning like all these men are like I'll flip this to flip this okay cool but it's revenue though it's not profit do you get like like no. the, amount of, the amount of people you're paying off the amount of holders you have to pay percentage 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 to like you can't even really use that money really to even go grab a yard or anything like that you know what I mean you have to go buy lubes and stupid stuff like that to get but um, yeah definitely sense. Definitely building a community because I don't blame them as well either. Because back when I was younger in secondary school, I went to a school called Blackie Blue Coat. Um, we got closed down because of gang violence and that. Um, so the school was very, very, very mad um, at the time. 
Um, but then I didn't blame them because back when they second school, all I thought was, you know, is either I'll do football, music, um, go into or, education or shot in. That was literally it. So I feel like building a community around those kind of people who are like year 11, six form and yeah. kind of helping them to show like, right, like a black guy can actually be a tech founder. A black guy can actually go and do this and be successful in what they're doing. Well, you're talking about representation actually. Sorry, Paul, two seconds. Cause you're talking about representation and um, actually demonstrating that we are more than just what they've actually painted us out to be. So like in our music, in Grammy, well, I don't know all about Grammy music. The time I did listen to it was time ago. And in our movies, we can't just be portrayed as people that are yeah. part of gangs or we only are in business or whatnot. There's more to the black man than what we are actually painted out to be. So what you're talking about is something that you actually do need to really, really, really mm. go into because, yeah, you know I mean, like we, there is more to us than than what the world sees. Like if you look at me, Jamal, and Paul. We don't even all dress the exact same. We don't even look the exact same. The only thing that's trendy now is the beard. And even then, let's see how I'm doing before that trend cuts and we look different. You know what I'm saying? So you need to, you need to really go into it. I think also people, like, I feel like I have a, a role that I need to be more, this is something I need to work on, is that I need to be more out there when it comes to, like, socials and all that stuff, showing people that a black guy is actually doing this because, like, what I deeped is that the reason a lot of people don't think um, a black guy can do or be a tech founder is because they've never seen it. You know what I mean? Or they don't see like the lifestyle. At the end of the day, people want lifestyle and that's just what's in right now with the younger people. Yeah. yeah. So they don't see the lifestyle that it comes with and all that stuff. Or they don't see that from a black person um, at all. And I feel like that's something that needs to be shown to be like, yeah, this is the fruits of my labor. And all of that thing, all of those things are definitely needed. But I just, I think I need to be more upfront, out there, share my face more to be like, yeah, yeah, you can do this. You can't, you can, like, you can, it's so crazy. With creativity, you can challenge a billion pound company. You know how mad that is? Like, mm. with just an idea, you can challenge a billion pound company. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Great. I read everything you said. Um, I do have a question, but I just want to ask, just say this real quick. Uh, one thing mm. that I, I, I rate, I highlight um, that is not only are you obviously out there um, telling what, you know, educating a black man and um, trying to get these youngers on the right path, you're also dropping down for, for females as well, how to make their money. Um, mm. Not only just young, young men, it's also young men and women. Uh, mm. women our age, even older than us, can obviously come and use your brand, use your products. Uh, so yeah, that's one thing I love. Um, but yeah, moving on to my question, uh, last question I had actually, um, was that, uh, obviously just from your, your, your Twitter page and how open you are, you and your team are actually, um, what is, what is the, do you place a value on having the right team? Yeah. Okay, cool. So I'm going to delve, yeah, hundred percent for us. That's a simple answer there. But, um, is having the right team that has the, the know-how to well number one is actually having the technological like background i think that helps a lot when it comes to doing stuff because it makes stuff a lot cheaper for you because i don't need to keep you know going to find a developer to do something for me like i have my cto i feel like once you find your cto it's like a marriage like whatever idea you have you just bell him up and be like yo i've got this idea we can do stuff with this with the back end same to firebase and you're like yeah cool let's do it type of thing 
So I think that's like a marriage kind of thing. So I feel like I found my CTO. Essentially, so I feel kind of lucky there. Um, if it's not something technical, it's also having someone that can motivate you um, when you're feeling down because there are going to be points when you're feeling down and there are going to be points when other person's feeling down. Um, make sure you don't bring someone on board who's someone who's just... Don't, don't bring your friend on board. That's what I would tell people. Like um, When it comes to business, a lot of people like to bring their... like. It works for some people, but for most it doesn't because the friend won't really tell you the truth like that uh, because they're still trying to you know, safeguard the friendship and all that stuff. So definitely find someone you, of course, you can be friendly with, but not not like your best friend or something like that because there's some business decisions that need to be made. And if you end up to like cool, it could damage the relationship in the business and actually damage the relationship outside the business, which just finishes the entire thing. But I think, yeah, definitely having the right team around you or the right people in general um, around you helps a whole lot, definitely. Uh, that's really good. Um, Paul, I know you want to say something. And I have something unrelated, um, unrelated to tech, unrelated to business. You know? Yeah. So, um, all right, cool. Um, so what I noticed is on Twitter, especially recently, I know we're with Twitter users. Um, do you have any feelings to how Twitter did Nella, Nella Rose recently? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah, I've got I've got a lot. So like I know Nella personally um, myself. Um, we went to the same unit. I think she's one of the reasons that we went to Leicester to be honest. I saw her videos. Um, I think people are very funny, right? Because people are gonna pretend like back in the day people weren't saying all wild stuff. Like for me, I'm dark skinned myself. In secondary school, people used to call me Blick. I scored them Blick. Like, we used to just cut, like, back in secondary school, us man them. I think yeah. guys and girls are very different, right? With guys, yeah, we used to have cussing matches. Like, I'll cuss you. Like, yeah. I had no prejudice with who I'm cussing. Like, yeah, we used to see who can cuss someone the hardest. Like, yeah. And it was just bands. Yeah, I mean, back then. But you can't then discount that there were also some girls who, or people who were affected by it, right? So I feel like, people can't make large statements saying, oh, so someone shouldn't be affected by it because of, you know, how secondary school was because everyone's different, right? Um, the way Nella was cancelled was very, very mad to me because, first of all, it was like, the whole thing was actually starting off with a guy, right? And it's so funny how they started cancelling the girls and I was thinking, okay, that's, that, that's mad. Even the tweets that she did, for me, it didn't even seem so mad, like, because back in 2012, 2013, people were saying much wilder stuff. You know what I mean, there's much wilder stuff people should be cancelled for. Mm. Um, and then now I'm seeing all these people, like all the other Twitter uh, influencers coming out saying that the same Nella or whatever they call it, I find bear weird, like she died or something. Um, I was just thinking, okay, where were they when she was getting at it and all that stuff? But it's now that the ghost is clear, that's when they want to do best friend, best friend, all of that stuff. Um, I feel like people ha- have each individual has the right to cancel Nella if they were affected by it when they were younger and all that stuff, all those kind of comments. Um, but I feel like in general, people are just moving mad, man. I can't lie. Everybody, like, this cancel culture is, is, is brief. How are you going to go? I was having a discussion with one of my, like one of my friends. How are you going to go about a decade into someone's past to find something they said to then use against it to them today? Then I broke it down. The same way you do your, your business breakdown. <laughs> so, yeah. 365 days in a year. Let's say someone tweets approximately three times a day <laughs> or a year, right? So you're telling me you went through over 9K tweets to go back to find something to prosecute somebody today. You're mad because it doesn't make sense. They're bored. It doesn't, this quarantine is making people bored. 
<laughs> but they've been doing it for time. And the thing is, Richard Pryor, even, I can't, was it Richard Pryor? Because they've been trying to cancel people. It doesn't matter. Like this cancel culture, it's only now that it's gotten a name. People have been doing it from time. When yeah. they start saying, we're not supporting this person, we're not doing this. But then you look at the people that are saying, and you're thinking to yourself, first of all, you should get off your high horse. It doesn't make sense for you to cancel somebody because if someone wants to use whatever you're using against them, the same way you've utilized it, you yourself would be found with incriminating like, evidence. It doesn't make sense for you to do that. You know what I mean? If I continue talking, we're going to go over time. But yeah, cancel culture is just... I feel like, but I think like the key thing is that if people were genuinely affected when they were younger, I feel like they have the right to cancel someone but don't be going on Twitter to be like, oh yeah, cancel, cancel. Like, if you want to cancel someone, be quiet and cancel them. Do you get what I mean? Like, don't like mute them, block them. That's how you cancel them. It's not by shouting, cancel, cancel, cancel. Do you get what I mean? Because when when Gucci was doing all their madness with uh, oh, the yeah. black people and the red lips, people still rocking Gucci now. Do you get what I mean? So it's a little bit of a madness. People always pick and choose who they want to cancel. <laughs> Just to add to that before we go out, is that. Her name is being publicized, so you're actually helping her in the long run. So, as they say, hold on, hold on, hold on. Eh? Jamal, you've entered the Matrix. Start again. Oh, man. I basically said that they're basically putting out her name there. So, what's the the quote that people always say? Any publicity is good, fam. So, at the same time, (laughs) (laughs) go get your coins, sis. And, and she put a really thoughtful apology. And me personally, like, I'm just thinking, if you're gonna if you're gonna cancel someone because of that, then you have to cancel your immediate friends who were doing the same mad thing back then to you personally and your best friends now. Mm-hmm. You gotta cancel everybody. Every your mum and your dad probably did something, like, <laughs> and now you have to cancel them as well. Like everybody's done something. You can't just come and persecute people unless it's somebody that's actually like there's. We're about to go over the minute because what I'm about to say is going to go over the minute. <laughs> hey. well, do you know where I was going with this, this cancel culture thing? Because the way I see it is you can't exactly cancel somebody unless their behaviours and actions coincide with what they were saying 10 years ago. If someone was racist and actually bigoted 10 years ago and they still pervade their action and behaviour now, that's yeah. when you can cancel them. But if your entire lifestyle, your logic, your mentality has changed, as a, as a human being, if we're consistently talking about how we evolve and understand the world in new ways, it is not right to take something from 10 years ago to now persecute somebody. Mm-hmm. Because if you do that, what I was saying before, you, everybody, everybody's cancelled and there is yeah. no room for anybody. I guarantee, and I guarantee... Mad things. Come on. Fam. No way, That's behind this door, you've not said something. That's how man. Even about, not just about, like, about other cultures, there's things that we use. we say behind closed doors. You should be cancelled as well. Because I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure, you should be cancelled. I'm sure people have said it. I'm sure. Fam, just move. People move crazy with these yeah. kind of things, man. I don't know for them, man. And that, that's why I think that's why I found it so funny when it actually first started because the people who were cancelling people were now getting cancelled because people finding their tweets. It was just so so funny. Literally, someone will cancel someone, then someone will quote retweet, but it's this you. And then someone else will quote retweet and say, but it's this you. (laughs) And the thing was killing me. Did you see the thing that happened with um, Bud Light? Um, um, Was it Bud Light? There was a guy, pretty much, there was a guy that went and he started, I I can't remember what the situation was, but he went and he held up a sign and he said something about how um, Bud Light's whatever, they need restocking or like a fridge needs restocking, whatever. Bud Light comes, they come and start giving the guy money. I can't remember, the guy started making revenue and wanted to put to a children's hospital. But 
So someone now comes that's a journalist and starts saying, okay, cool. So the guy's done this, but this guy around about the time he was 18, which was approximately in this time frame, 10 years prior or however many years prior, he was saying stuff that was racist. So then everybody was like, hold on, cool. If it's okay for you to go and dig up this information, let's dig up information about you. This journalist got canceled from his job, bro. The guy lost his job. He himself, racist, rampant making statements. And you were just there looking at him like, yo, yam. So if you just get him <laughs> shut, <laughs> you still have a job. But it's the, it's the same thing with everybody. You can't come and just pull it out and think, yeah. And you know, you know the maddest thing about it is that this is the most, this is the hypocrisy and the maddest, maddest level is that, that there are people DMing these quote-unquote influencers or the people who are getting cancelled the maddest shit. Like, fam, I saw someone DM um, one guy that I know saying someone should put acid in your face. Like, all of that stuff. You get I mean? Like, live or like, it's not from a private account. It's like that actual account. So, cool. Next year, I'm going to come. I'm going to quote your thing. <laughs> When you're working at KPMG, I'm going to do thing too. Did you get? Like, people okay, are saying the maddest saying. stuff. Like, they, they were saying stuff about Nella's mum, how yeah. she died earlier. I was thinking, are you guys okay? And she, people are okay. Like, she made an apology video and people are saying, um, you still, that's not enough. Like, what else? What else do you want? What, what do you want? Are you what do you want? Someone to do? took the time out to make an apology. She didn't even have to, you know. Yeah. Fam, I was like, apology. Sorry, Paul. No, 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 just try to go on what you're saying. The, the the thing that really gets me is the fact that like with 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 this entire thing with Nella was when I watched I watched the apology video, not realizing that she was being cancelled. So I was like, what is going on, Nella? Because I saw the caption oh, and I see you an apology, and I was like, wait, they pulled this stuff and you're apologizing about it today. I think like I feel like when it comes to us, right? Would you guys apologize now? Like I can understand that you can say, okay, it may have hurt somebody, but your mentality has changed. Would I'd, would you find it easy to apologize now for something that was done time ago? I feel like for me personally, if it was the first time we'd be brought up, then I would apologize because obviously there are still people who are affected by it. it? But after yeah. I apologize, I can't like don't come for me again because I'm just gonna hear you because I've already apologized. Because okay. what I'm gonna what I'm gonna start seeing is that people every year bring up the same thing, bring up the same thing every year. Like this isn't one. What the hell? Like um, if I apologize once for it, that's it. Do you get what I mean? Like, I'm not going to keep apologizing every single channel cancel, man. Like, How do you feel about Kevin Hart and um, um, Chris Brown? Because people are still canceling them. Yeah, like, if, they, like, if uh, the thing is, if people are genuinely, like, this, this, this conversation needs to happen with people genuinely with themselves. If they are genuinely affected by it, they have every right to singularly cancel them. Every right, 100%. but don't come on Twitter to tie tell everyone else to cancel them and all that stuff because not everyone was affected by it. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think it's one of the wait, Paul. You keep wanting to say something. Open your mouth. No, it's not. It's, it's not urgent. It's all also <laughs> relevant. Um, what I just wanted to say is um, just based on that point. You know, people were canceling their night in droves. Um, the, the time that I saw her, she had um, over uh, over hundred k followers. Next, probably, yeah, it went down. I saw it down to about 60k, and yeah. it's just it, like, just can you just imagine just like what she went through to go and deactivate her account with Nella Rose? Yeah, uh, I'm just, nah, I just want to be sick, bro. Nah, yeah, that's it. 
it's crazy because she's actually a very cool person. She does a lot of stuff for black girls and just the black community in general. Do you get what I mean? She was one of the very first black YouTubers to be doing their thing, doing the group. Like, she put a lot of YouTubers on. Yeah. Like a lot of Same YouTubers format. came from her. Yeah. From like Nehi, even yeah. like Rolando. Like yeah. they all came from her. Do you get what I mean? And she has never once been like, oh, like you guys need to like shout me out all that yeah. stuff. She's never done nothing like that. She just likes putting people on. Do you get what I mean? So people are just made her mad to be honest. I just don't yeah. understand. Personally, I still support Nella as just a person that provides positivity. I just don't understand the logic as to how you're going to be coming in and solve it. Like, here's what I find very, very, very interesting, right? Because it's one of those things where if someone has said something, you shouldn't demonize them because it's been said in the past if they've changed their behavior. And like, okay, anecdote, right? I was playing Rainbow Six Siege and obviously the community around Rainbow Six Siege, there's, there's the individuals in that game that are just not amazing. The entire community can sometimes be some of the most bright and beautiful. Like, it's just amazing. Like, game communities are great. Yeah. But you have the individual, like, representation of society. You have the individuals that are terrible. Playing, yeah. and these kids came on. This is a game for, like, 18 plus. So I'm even looking like, who, why do you have, anyway, your parents for you, so okay for you to have it, you have it. <laughs> these kids are on there, and they're saying some of the most wild stuff. This kid is just like, raw. Um, making some racist statements about different, different, different cultures, and I'm there thinking to myself, I've got my mic, I've got my headset, I'm still not going to chat to these men, even though we're on the same team. They could mm. kill me, they could make me sell and put me, put, like, put me on the bench for a round because of stupidity. But let me keep quiet. Guys, asking me, Marvin, Marvinio, come on, let's have a chat. I'm thinking to myself, nah, but now, yeah. let me just see where this goes. I open my mouth, push the talk. Uh, I don't want to chat to you, to be honest. He was like, why? I was like, I've got a feeling you might be a bit racist. And I've had that a few times. Like, it might, look, mm. someone's going to come and maybe in the future, someone's going to be like, this is what Marvel was like when he was actually pissed off because someone would have called him a Negro. <laughs> I've heard some of the wildest stuff on that game. You might get killed. It's like, oh, look, someone is going to try at some point to cancel anybody. I, if they try and do it, I'll be like, okay, cool, this is what happened. And explain. But pretty much, the, the kid was just like, no, 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 I'm not that bad. And then like some of the stuff you were saying, like making statements, I just pushed the talk. I was like, you sound like you're the kind of person to say Hitler had a few good ideas. That's the lines that this kid was making. And that's like, this is not the worst I've met. I've met people that have told me that, what's it, there's no place on the earth for black people, black people are scum of the earth. This is the kind of people you meet. So when I'm answering this kid, I'm just, you know what I mean? I'm just telling them what's going on. Now, I started looking, I was like, he's a little kid. I can't be insulting him. The best thing I can do is educate him. Yeah. So as he's talking, I'm thinking to myself, let me not cuss you out. Let me just explain to you why what you're saying is a problem, right? Because mm -hmm. I can't demonize you. There's no logical way to, 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 to come and cancel you. And I'm on a public platform. If I was to be streaming right now, what you're saying is going to the public. So I started mm -hmm. telling him, some of the stuff you said, I don't have a problem with you, um, but it's, it's peak, it's peak, it's peak, it's peak, it's peak. So... After I've said that, he's like, what do you mean? What do you mean? I was like, look, look at your name even on this platform. I could go and do a Facebook search and find who you are. Yeah, you know I mean, I can find exactly all of your information and find where you're coming from and, and what's actually happening. Yeah, you know I mean, so Paul just had to leave. Yeah, yeah, that's what I yeah. But I can find your information, everything, right? But this is the kind of thing you're doing. So if you were to be making these kind of comments, somebody, anybody could find it and 
represent like you can use this as representation as to who you are you need to be watching what you're saying on these platforms then i started hearing him say no i don't say this kind of stuff in front of everybody um i normally just make these kind of jokes in front of my friends and i thought about it i was like okay this is the kind of problem that we have today where people will make these comments they're young they'll make these comments today and not realize that what they're saying can be used against them exactly. in the future, in the future. Yeah, yeah. you need to have the discourse with them to know that what you're saying now could be used again against you in the future and you need to be prepared that what you're saying now can be an issue. But not all of us had that thing. Not all of us yeah, had 100%. Yeah. the common sense when Twitter first came out to realize that in 10 years' time, what we're saying today exactly. is going to be an issue. You know what I mean? So you can't it's, demonize people as it is now because it's a, it's a problem. It's actually something you have to educate them to know that this is, this is, this is something that can come back to bite and, you. And also society was so different back in the day. Like... So, so, like, society wasn't as soft as it is now back in the day. Back in the day, like, Like, back in the day, like, I would cuss someone's marge, like, people would be cussing my, like, it was just normal. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a thing at all. Um, But now, obviously, everyone's way more, like, soft and, like, all that stuff, which I'm not saying is a... Yeah, I'm not saying it's like it's a totally negative thing because obviously even when even when things weren't soft back in the day, there were still individuals who were affected. Like I always say, mm-hmm. and I feel like they have every right to cancel someone. Yeah, I mean, which is cool. But from the whole thing, it was just it's just crazy to me, man. It's, it's Do you know what's so funny? Someone tried to cancel me. Uh, they try and cancel you now. Like what I found is like obviously I didn't, I didn't say anything mad on Twitter. What happened was that I think back in the day I said something like um. Uh, all these models are always like light skin, like where the dark skin babes are, or something like that. But I said that like in 2013 or 2014, yeah. no, 2014 or something like that. Then someone on some, no one of them ghost accounts, then DM me my tweet saying, oh, he's so lucky. After I deeped, rah, they didn't mean to send it to me because after they blocked me, essentially, in it. But that means someone's actively searching to finish people. Do you get what I mean? Like it was crazy. It was easy. Wait, like, hold on. People are just out there trying to. That's not it. even. That's not even an offense. That's even like a big no, 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 yeah, that's quality. Yes, I know. It's not an offense, yeah. but the, what what they were trying to do is that they were saying that I was lucky that I said something positive. Because they were actively looking for something negative. Yeah, uh, that's that's why they blocked uh, me after because they deep raw. They weren't meant to send it to me. Do you get? But it's just like. It's crazy, man, how, how people this cancel culture thing. But, you know, I always tell people do that. And there's also this herd mentality thing that some people do, right? Yeah. Where, and also this, um, Twitter is a platform where, where people are very polarizing. It's like, once someone's done something bad, they're totally bad. Once someone's done something good, they're totally good. That's how people think. And I thought that's very stupid. So, for example, when people even talk about, even when it comes to politics and that, and I can always see the good in someone if, they, if they've done something good. I can be like, okay, cool. Like, for example, Trump, for example, I would say, like, out of 10, he's probably one good, nine bad. Do you get what I mean? But I still recognize, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, I like the way he is in terms of he's not trying to please everybody. Like, I yeah. feel like people in the UK are too trying to please everyone, please everyone. That's why we never go anywhere. Do you get what I mean? And, like, but I like the way he is like that. In terms of his policies, yeah. I, I don't rate him at all. In it. But I'm able to differentiate, okay, I like him because of this, and I don't like him because of these things. Do you get what I mean? Mm-hmm. A lot yeah. of people are very, like, I don't want to hear anything about Trump. He's terrible. I don't want to hear anything. Like, and that's just very obnoxious to do so, right? It's the same thing of like Obama because he's like, oh, he's the best president in the world. Yeah, dude, I don't want to hear anything bad about him. Yeah. But if you saw that he actually did, did the most airstrikes in terms of presidents, essentially, people don't want to hear that one. I'm just like, fam, like, 
there's positives and negatives to human beings. Like you Everybody. need to take all of these into account. Yeah, but people are very polarizing. Like if someone's done something bad once, they're like, yeah, they're finished, they're canceled. If they've done something good once, oh yeah, they're the best people in the world or that stuff. But you just have to always think about stuff, man. Think about how things are, man. Definitely, man. This world is this world is crazy, but I'm just here to create businesses, man, and just see how exactly. the thing go with them and them like, rely, man. I'm going to recommend like a, another a podcast for you guys to listen to, actually. It's called My Go First Million. It's called what? My First Million. Yeah, My First Million is um, the founder of Bebo. Is his yeah. podcast. Him and another guy called Sam. Sam Puri as well. I mean, Sam, Sam oh. Per, sorry. Oh. Sam Per. But yeah, that's a really good podcast. What I like about the podcast is that they, they kind of just talk about ideas ideas that they've seen that are kind of cool and they just talk about how they would do it if they think it's a long-term thing and if someone else can do it right now type of thing and I just kind of like that kind of conversation kind of thing like I saw this really cool idea man um basically like subscription software or SaaS as they call it um if I have subscription software and I'm selling it as a service right mm-hmm. is that normally they normally have tiered plans. So there's always a monthly plan and then a yearly plan, right? Mm-hmm. Um, me personally, as the, the owner of the company, I would love for everyone to go on the yearly plan because I get the cash flow for the year. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And obviously churn as much as, as less. And the people, people will leave less if they're on the yearly plan. Um, mm-hmm. But if they're in a monthly, they have 12 chances to leave. Um, so what they then tend to do is that they really subsidize the yearly plan to incentivize people. So let's say it's meant to be like, Ten pound per month. They will say the yearly plan is like sixty pound. So you're thinking, hmm, I'm trying to go to that yearly thing instead. So what they do, this company is called Pipe Pipe.com. What they do, they go for companies who've been there for like two, three years, um, and then let's say I have like a hundred users, or let's say a thousand users, pay me ten pounds each. So I'm getting ten k a month from this, right? Mm. They they now come to me and say, you know what, we will pay you in advance your yearly plan for the users that you currently have, right? So remember that that yearly plan was uh, uh, 60 pounds for the year. So they'll come through and they'll be like, okay, cool, we'll give you, is it, is it 10K users, 600K? We'll, we'll give you 600K. Um, and then what you now do now for those, for those monthly invoices, you now pay that to us for the year. So they now make the difference. Basically, the, the amount you have discounted the yearly plan by they now make that up as interest, if that makes sense. Okay. So, like, I thought that's a really because essentially just given it's just given a loan. Essentially, it's just like it's yeah, a yeah. product, at the end of the day. And it, but then it, it's so smart. I was just thinking, fam, it's so true. Like, it's crazy. Then I, I talked to some people. I found someone who does it specifically for the um 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 fashion industry. So he did like a little spin on it where um he's really deep into fashion. He says a lot of people, big companies here who, who import materials, they have, they normally have an invoice that they pay like in 60 days time when it comes to invoicing, right? But in those yeah. companies that they've bought it from, they would rather have the P right now, right now. <laughs> so what he does is that he goes speak to the company and he's like, okay, cool. I can give you the bread now or I'll give you, let's say 80% of the money now, but that invoice that was meant to come for you, I'll take the whole, whole lot. So for you to have the capital flow now, I'll get the rest like, later on type of thing. So oh. it's, it's, it's essentially like giving a loan, but it's just, I was just thinking, wow, that's such a beautiful business model. Like <laughs> you'd never, true. like it's crazy. Like it just, it's literally so simple to go into once you found your own niche. Like even as a company in the UK called Hasty Pay, 
or hasty something. And people who work at agencies, um, if they're like, um, a lot of people work at agencies, they would love to get paid the same day that they work. So what happens is that, let's say I've done a shift in it and I'm meant to get paid a hundred pound normally. Hasty people will come in yeah. and be like, cool. Like, but normally with agency, you, have, you get paid two weeks and like two weeks ahead what the shift you did today. So hasty people come in and they're like, oh, they partner up with whoever the agency is. They're like, okay, cool. If you want to pee now, the day's work you've just done, we will give you 80% of that type of thing. And then when you get paid, you don't get paid that that, that money. Like, basically, we'll give you 80 pounds now. And then that 100 pounds that's meant to come to you is going to come to us. And a lot of people do that because they, a lot of people want cash flow. But if you do, they're making 20%. Like, it's crazy. Just like that. And imagine that's just one person. So imagine a whole agency that has thousands of employees yeah. and multiple agencies oh. doing the same thing. They're chopping bread ridiculously. <laughs> like, so... Hey. Like, so it's just kind of business ideas that you just don't even deep, like, mm-hmm. raw, like, and it's actually doable. This is how you know that the money talk really just spun my head because as you talked about, I was like, there is so much currency that's just flying from one person to another. Yeah. Like, it just comes in a straight back out from. That's just crazy. Well, from. It's crazy. People are making serious, serious, serious money. And, like, even newsletters and there's just so many things to be done like it's crazy mm. like i feel like once you calculate because what i've done or what i'm happy i've done now yeah is that i now calculate my monthly expense in terms of bills and all that stuff so it came to yeah. about i think 900 or 1k or something like that um then i just found a side hustle that could pay for that my bills so that everything on top is like disposable income yeah. so essentially yeah. what i had i'm going to switch it now to to the black erotica thing but what I had was like a I called it lots of ideas and whenever I just had ideas uh, every month I just uh, type up um, give people tools they can use to even start the idea if they wanted to and then like examples and tools and all that stuff and it was a, it was a monthly subscription of one pound a month literally and I just get just get a thousand people to subscribe to that you'll come to get what I mean um, yeah. and it's not hard to get that you should just start doing like a referral system and all that stuff yeah. but um once you have your bills taken care of and you know that there's a check coming in that's going to pay for the bills, like your mindset completely changes because now you're feeling like, raw. okay, I can actually try out different things and try it. And I feel like if people find a side hustle that can yeah. passively pay off their bills yeah. or at least their main bills, let's say, then life looks a lot more different. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. On, a, on, a, on another note, because mm. I want to get this in there, there's been a Marvin. There's been a, a common occurrence. Most people that we've had on, they watch anime. Have you noticed? <laughs> I got like black anime still. Most of the I don't watch anime. <laughs> if you're into tech, you have to some degree a creative yeah. brain. If you have a creative brain, you're going yeah. to be delving into anime at some point. So yeah. go on, Jamal. Go on, Jamal. So I, I want to know, know, like, I was, I'm not bang on, but I know. Like, yeah. I watch it here and there. I know what's going on in it. Like, mm. so for, for you now, what are, and for Marvin, is Time like, out. Time out. I'm going to guess what he's been watching recently. I'm going to guess. I feel like at some point, you may have been a go like uh, Dragon Ball Z banger, but you may also watch right now one Piece, My Hero Academia, because these are the top ones that people have been watching. I know you've probably watched Bleach. Highly likely you've watched Bleach. 
Yeah, I'm going to stick with those main three for the time being. Arita, <laughs> <laughs> so, do, do you know what's so funny? Like, all of the ones you said, I haven't watched. <laughs> the reason, The reason is... <laughs> The reason is, uh, I, 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 have, I have a reason for each one. <laughs> no, no, no. I have a good reason for each one. I have a good reason. So, Dragon Ball Z, um, I just never got into that because I don't like animes where people just have too much power and it just doesn't make kind of like someone to just someone to just jump and then break three planets. I just can't, I, oh, I can't do too many, too yeah. many things like that. Bleach. I didn't like his repetitiveness where I started watching oh, it. He's okay. always like, he comes, he gets fucked up, he comes back with the same move again and defeats the person and just keeps repeating. Like, okay. It gave, it gave me that kind of like Power Rangers vibe, like how Power Rangers <laughs> repeated repeat itself, you get I mean? Yeah. Like, um, my hero, I'm actually going to start that because people recommended that to me, so that's fine. Um, stuff I like, I like animes that have characters within within it that have a Let lot of... Yes, definitely. Oh, yeah, I love definitely. Yeah, uh, definitely. <laughs> okay, I like I, I like animes that have characters that it's not just all oh, there's a good and a bad guy having a fight. I don't like that yeah. kind of stuff. Like I like when the bad guy actually has a past and real character depth. I like that kind of stuff. Oh, so like, hun- like Hunter X Hunter, yo, that like at first yeah, I, when I first saw the cover, I thought it was a childish thing. Then when I actually watched it, I was like, "This is too lit." And I like animes that kind of teach you like no matter whether it's fake or real like they actually mm-hmm. teach you stuff so like the reason I loved stuff like Naruto they actually taught you about you know, chakra how it worked you get what I mean and, and then so like, so like, yeah and then when stuff happens you'd be like oh yeah that's because of this this and you're thinking and they were actually giving you the background um, I also like uh, Kuro mind you they would take like five episodes for them to read the background in, they're still in the same spot <laughs> Still in the same back. But I love it, man. <laughs> yeah. Another one is, is Kuroko no Basket. It's a basketball one. Um, that one was so lit because when I finished watching that, I thought I could play basketball. I'll never forget. <laughs> I started I start banging out basketball bears. I was like, yeah, I can do it. I can be Kuroko type of thing. But I like stuff when they explain the different moves and yeah. why certain things that kind of, and it just all made sense. So I like stuff that's kind of yeah. like a little bit you learn from it. And what other oh, anime? Yeah. Um, like I've watched a whole, oh um uh, Full Metal Alchemist that was yeah. good what about that? That wait was the good. original Brotherhood 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 okay um, what else is there oh uh, Tokyo Ghoul that was lit that was Boy, lit that was I watched mad. the first 12 episodes and after that I was like you know what I think this may be a bit too sadistic for me and <laughs> uh, I can't I can't after spoilers 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 yeah. have you finished watching it yeah, finish it, of course. Cool. After the point where they showed what's his name getting tortured, and my man was making him count back. Jamal, have you seen it? Oh, yeah. I'm not going to watch it. Yeah. You're not going to watch it. <laughs> Bro, he was making, the guy was torturing him, he was making him count backwards from a thousand in like seven so that he doesn't yeah. look crazy. Or, yeah. And it was keeping, Bro, I was like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm go- I don't need, I don't need to watch this anymore. After that, nah. I was like, nah. That thing is lit, man. That thing well, is lit. Um, man. Attack, on, uh, Attack on Titan. Yeah, yeah, I watched that as well. Um, I just, but I, I, but I didn't finish it. Like, I just couldn't get into it. So I'm, a, I'm the kind of guy. Like, I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not like a big anime watcher. But what yeah. it is for me is like, yeah. what's, when it comes, when, when it comes out on Netflix, like, this is how I know if I like something. So when it comes out on Netflix, they only have only like one season or two seasons type of thing. Yeah. If it's yeah. really good, I'm gonna feel like okay, 
let me go off Netflix and try and find something yeah. to watch it. But yeah. if it's not, I can't be bothered type of thing. Wait, That's if you go through yeah. mainly the Netflix library, have you watched um, Violet Evergarden? Because I don't know. Uh, no, nah, I saw the intro to the thing. It looked kind of like, I don't know, like, I don't know. Like, I think I watched one episode. <laughs> I just like, yeah, I didn't like it at all. Oh, okay, because I'm, I'm one of those people, I like to just, um, I watch a variety of things. I don't care, like, how um, it may seem at first, because I feel like anime, it will give you an idea as to where they, you think it's going, and then it will just mm-hmm. go hard left. Or yeah. right, or whichever one is you're seeing, and it will go way away from what you're you're thinking it's supposed to be. About. That's even true. That's true. That, that was the same thing with Hunter yeah, I mean, Hunter because at first I thought it was a childish thing. Then exactly. I was just like, "Damn, this is serious yeah, anime here." Fam, the same yeah. like because <laughs> some of them they're drawn in a Riku way. You just it gives you an idea, and then you watch it and you're like, "What?" Because I'm very violent ever gotten. It is, it's it's. I think I watched it because the visuals, the art style looked amazing. And then on top of that, the animation, because that's one of my top animes that I've, I've watched in my life. Like I watched oh, crap. Okay, okay. This is actually like lit because not only is it the art style, but then the story actually is like somewhat endearing, but it's really like nice to actually be seeing someone on a journey post-war. I, so. I, I think that's the difference with, with me. The art style can really put me off because like I'm like, the art style was really good, but it's just not what I'm used to. Yeah, yeah. There, there's some animes that are just drawn in a certain way. I'm just like, yeah, I'm never gonna yeah. watch that type of thing. Yeah, <laughs> just because of the ways. Not that it's drawn badly, but it's yeah. just that. Yeah, it, my mindset is not like that. I watched like Baki, that uh, the fighting one. Oh, the fight, yeah. That was, that, oh. that, that was quite. That was jokes. Um, I think the maddest um, for me is where, where he was beating his girl, and then that just came out of nowhere. Did you have you man seen that scene? Wait, I haven't seen that. Uh, I've <laughs> oh, rah, rah. That thing was, that thing was mad. It was just so mad. That. That's funny, no. You just said it's funny, bro. <laughs> just probably, he's just like, <laughs> no, man. That thing was mad, though. No, yeah. I need to, I, well, maybe I'll watch it. I don't know. I don't know about Banky. I know that something I've watched, I was like, wait, what? Um, The Promise Neverland. That's another one, but I think you're yeah, yeah, No, no, no. I've, I didn't, I feel like I couldn't. I, I definitely watched like a bit of it, a bit of it. I I got to the part where um what happened. It's after they found out that the mum was obviously bad and all that stuff. Um, yeah. Happened? Then they found out that the the spy was actually the the karma bit's name that that kid or whatever. That was the person that's working for the mum or whatever. Yeah, the um, black woman that came through. Um. Yeah, yeah I've watched that part. Um. I was, there's a point I just stopped because I just couldn't take them seriously because I knew they were kids. Um, I felt like that for like a hot second and I watched it and I was like hold on let's just see where this goes because this actually mm. seems wild I finished it and I was like I'm waiting to see season 2 because it's, okay. it's bro we sh- there's a full on anime list there's a full on anime list I'm going to have to go in a second or so because I need to do a Twitch stream so. <laughs> yeah that's cool it's, cool. it's, it's cool. a bit mad before you do go there because there was a question I wanted to ask you earlier because you're, you're a smart guy you're a smart guy I can see it um but one thing um, people do need to start getting more into if they aren't already at a young age is reading. So is there mm-hmm. is there like a set of books that you read that kind of set you on the path that you are on now? Like, I think for me, I'm I'm a very, I'm a mad anomaly because I don't read books, um, but I do like yeah, read. But 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 I read a lot of articles, so I don't read like yeah. hard books. But like I'm always online Google researching. Like I read a lot of articles. Um, when it c- comes to stuff so I like to research about the background of certain businesses like I feel like that's what really makes me a nerd 
that I'm out there. Like yeah. I just love doing stuff like that. But I don't actually like read actual books to be like, mm-hmm. no, that's definitely. I'm more of a podcast or like audio book. Yeah. Um, I don't, okay. I don't, I don't like reading myself type of thing. Okay. Because I, like, I feel like for me, the type of learner I am, I don't like to just learn. Like I don't like people. I don't like learning about like maybe let's say how to negotiate and stuff like that. I like to yeah. like learn while I'm actually also doing it at the same time. Yeah, okay. I mean, so that's that's just how I've, I've always been. No, that I, I I fully understand. The reason why I bring it up is because like I'm pretty much the same. I've listened to a ton of podcasts. I, I read more articles if it's really based on what it is. But I've had like um, a mentor of mine like kind of recommend some books that I've been reading. Um, mm. So I was like, I don't know if it's the same for you because everybody has their own thing. And it's not like you don't read because if you read articles, you're also, you're learning in a different way where you're taking Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's already been, you know, present and useful for you. So I think it's just kind of like encouraging people just to like pick up something. If it's, if it's articles that you're reading, read the articles. Um, for me, I've been reading um, The Richest Man in Babylon. Okay, cool. I just yeah. finished that. Yeah. And uh, Think and Grow Rich, A Black Joy is by Napoleon Hill and... Um, someone else, I can't remember the name. That's the one right now, bro. I've almost I finished just it. Oh, since, no, I'm just you just started it. I'm not going to tell you anything because it's 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 really something. I, I to be honest, Latana, I think you'd actually enjoy that book because it's I'm one of the books that. Um, if you can find it, um, you for you, the richest man in Babylon is something that you would enjoy because it's something mm. that's it, in a story kind of in a story essentially um, that. I guess you can't say it's fiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's something that really does change the way in which you see money and apply yeah, it to the value of business. Money. Exactly the the value of money and apply it to business and apply it to growth. Really, so, so yeah. there's that. And then thinking where Richard Black Choice is really just kind of like part of your past. If anything, you're one of the people that could eventually be in that book if you continue going the way you are. You are. I mean, so mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'd just say to 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 read, but. Um, yeah, there's also there's also certain Twitter accounts that I follow. Um, certain people that just kind of drop nuggets here and there that really I really like. Um, I can't think of them yeah. on top of my head, but I'll probably send it to you guys after. Yeah, um, no problem. And like, and yesterday I saw something that tweeted or two days ago that I thought was so smart. So they're talking about uh, something called. Uh, you guys have probably seen the ads for Masterclass. You've probably seen yeah. those ads. Oh like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, your life is negotiation and all that stuff. And you can probably say on YouTube or IG and all that stuff. Um, they they were basically trying to see how do we get in so many views without they don't actually spend a lot on ads. Um, actually, yeah. so they're trying to see how come they were getting so many organic visits to their website in March. I think they got like two point something million people, um, mm-hmm. and like eighty percent of them are like organic. Um, and then someone basically found like this is so smart. So there's something called SEO, which is a search mm-hmm. engine optimization. Um, yeah. So, because they have so many courses, what they did is that they found the most search for weird things. So, like for example, uh, how many how many teaspoons are in a tablespoon? Like it's so mad that people search weird stuff like that, but it's it's like little weird things that are highly searched for a lot. You know, and you can actually find a list on Google. You can find a list. Google will tell you like the most weird stuff that's normally searched for. Type of thing. Mm-hmm. So what they did then is that they created articles about those things. So for example, yeah. if you type in how many tables, how many teaspoons are in a tablespoon, a masterclass article comes up first, and then within the article, they put so many ads to, towards like a cooking masterclass. Yeah, it's like stuff is... like what, like what is what is a pretzel? 
that's another one. Like they'll be on top of that. Um, it was like a list of different. I think it was five or six of them that they do, yeah. and they have like ten articles for each one. And so I was thinking, yeah. yo, that is so genius. Like even from the thing, those five, they got like five hundred thousand people going to their website and obviously purchasing the masterclass and all that stuff. But like, you never f- think on that level. Like that was so crazy to me. Like if you deep it, if you have a business that's within a certain niche, find the most weird question that people normally ask around that niche that is highly searched for. Um, and then make articles about that so that you can become first and listen and just spam the article with bare ads. So just like, listen to the question and answer the question. Really. That's that's the question. That is I, was, I was thinking that is so, so smart, man. That, that was exceptional. But like, yeah, little things like that. Like I love like just learning about how different companies did their thing, like how eBay, like they had money at the start, then they made fake seller accounts. They basically, let's say they had a million dollars I'll buy a million dollars worth of stuff, sell it for like 25% less. So I'm going to, I'm going to lose 250 K. Um, I'm going to make fake accounts. Cause with eBay is a buyers and sellers thing type of thing. And it's, so buyers won't come with business, sellers, sellers won't come with business, buyers. So they fixed the sellers and then bare people came like, wow, they're selling this for 25% less. Let me buy from it. Blah, blah, blah. So obviously they sold all the stuff for obviously 750 K. But now buyers are like, other buyers everywhere are like, whoa, there's loads of people who were selling on, uh, no, 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 sellers, other sellers are like, there's, there's loads of people purchased from this eBay thing. Let me jump on and create my account. And then that kind of like created the spiral world. And then that's how eBay probably started. So I was just like, wow, these little things, you don't know about these marketplaces and how these businesses like started, really, really started their thing. It's crazy. It's crazy, man. And it's so smart. It's so, wow. so smart, man. Mr. Latana Zike. <laughs> did, did I pronounce it correctly? Perfectly, weirdly enough. <laughs> you didn't get it wrong, you know. <laughs> wow. Mr. Man with, with all the knowledge. I think, wow, we're going to at some point be speaking to you again because it's Effort. just, I think you're part of good vibes. Post quarantine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <man. laughs> when we can watch you face to face, part of good vibes, Sean. Um, yeah, man, I think that's a good point to end because I, I. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's good. Cool, um, that's good. Cool, cool. cool. We'll talk again. <laughs> stay, stay around. Stay around. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. Cool. Uh, thanks for being available, bro. Thanks. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. Who's doing the outro, Jamal? Should I do it? Should you? Thanks for listening. Catch you guys in the jiffy. <laughs> this is Vintage <been> Technology <laughs> TV. <laughs> this is.